Welcome to another depressing, <laughs> brutal episode of Spunk Blake Sports. Austin Schindler here with uh, Isaac Dinesen. Uh Isaac, we're both running on probably six hours of sleep today. It's uh, 7, 7.20. Uh, I'm so sad. I woke up. Seven hours of sleep, is that? <laughs> yeah. Boy, what a... Um... Well, you could say that we've probably technically been running on this type of sleep for the last like two weeks. Facts. Um, yeah, what a ride uh, the last few weeks have been. Just like even um, technically, yeah, we existing. missed we missed out on. <laughs> there's a lot that's happened since the last episode. <laughs> Kyle punch, Kyle punched Rudy, Jaden, Nas, just everything kind of fell apart for us here. And um, and wouldn't it have been nice to have one of those two that didn't, you know, play down the stretch against the Denver Nuggets? So I'll just like even one. Not I'm not asking for both. Just have one. Yeah, I mean, Nas. You know, you can't really prevent that. Jaden punched a wall. <laughs> That's oh, you know, just. How bad we could have, you know, how bad we could have used him. Nikhil Alexander Walker did a fantastic job on Jamal Murray. You watched the game last night, he was like in his face, Mm -hmm. and Jamal Murray was still hitting those shots. If you had maybe a guy with a longer wingspan, maybe you got a little more, a couple more inches guarding Jamal Murray because we've seen it before during the year, and Jamal Murray has said it himself. To Jaden McDaniels, he said, quit blocking my shot. Like, that's pretty, <laughs> much, that's, that's pretty much what we needed to make this uh, a good series. Um, optimi- I'll just go, I'll just uh, shoot from the optimistic side here for a brief second because I can't help myself. That was less embarrassing than I anticipated after the first two games. Yes. Uh, and showed that he was an absolute stu- superstar. Like, he's the future. Cat bounced back in game five. He had a, he had, you know, if you look at the box score, Cat had a nice last three games. Um, that, right. The I would say last night he had a really good game. I had a gut feeling he'd had to have a good game. My gut's right. I would say like 85% of the time. First half was abysmal. Second half, I've never seen him play defense in in years. And yeah. he did a fantastic job on Jokic. He's a Jokic still scored almost 30. Whatever. I, I just saw like a low-key defensive cl- masterclass from Cat. I mean, pretty much what killed the Wolves in game five. Free throws, turnovers. Letting up offense or rebounds. Scott Foster put on an absolute masterclass last night. <laughs> I would, and the Nuggets fans were screaming, "Ref, you suck!" And I was like, "Scott, this is your time. Put on a masterclass for the Wolves." And he did the exact opposite. He went the Denver Nuggets way. They got all the free throws. Ant couldn't get a call. I'm shocked that Ant didn't get a T. But Rudy got a T for slapping the stanchion out of frustration because he thought he should have made that or finished it off. And he got tech teed up for that. I almost lost myself for 
many times during that game. My heart couldn't take it. And then the brick, the, the, the back rim and three to end it. Oh, my heart. My, I, it's gone. There's nothing. Well, if we're being realistic, how could the Wolves possibly have won that game if Ant had hit that shot? Yeah. Pat and Rudy both fouled out at the end of regulation. They had no bigs. You mean to tell me that they had to play another five minutes <laughs> of that game if Ant hit that shot? Oh, I wish I wish they, like they had to defend a... Jokic for five more minutes with no bigs. <laughs> They're only yeah, maybe, two bigs in the entire lineup fouled out. <laughs> You can't even call Torrey and Prince a big. And Kyle Anderson was already out for the game already yep. with an injury. They had I, no I bigs. Agree. You mean to tell me that if Ant hit that shot, we had to see five <laughs> more minutes of basketball guarding Nikola Jokic? It would have been just a sadder fall to, like, <laughs> that's the end of the sea. I, I guess now that you put it that way, I'd almost rather lose <laughs> on that missed shot than, like, watch five more minutes of Nathan Knight doing his best. See, yeah, like, getting like instead of having Nate Knight seconds at the end of regulation, we got Nate Knight minutes. You know, that's, that's, I, that's, I'm that's just where saying I wish we, we had Luca Garza eligible for playoffs because yeah, I, I'd say I, that'd be at least yeah. a little better matchup. I mean, Luca still would have gotten worked. It's Nikola Jokic, and he put on a masterclass. All series, he didn't have the best game last night, although the box score says different. His shooting percentage is different. He made all of his free throws besides one that gave us life at the end of the game. The, the Denver Nuggets start off 0-2 and, and then hit 25, 26, 27 straight free throws after that. I know 25 for sure. I mean, uh, I... I <laughs> I usually don't like blaming the refs on this one. Come on, Scott. What are we doing here? It was, you got to make it less obvious than that, especially with Ant. Like four, maybe he was trying too hard to get a foul. Maybe, maybe he wasn't getting the respect because he was trying too hard I, to get a foul, yeah. but the I ball was still going in the basket. Like give him the respect he deserves. Oh. I just don't know anymore with these type of like, you know, foul battles because I mean, I just don't know anymore. I really just don't know anymore because like these types of situations that, you know, they continually find themselves in, you know, where they're like cat and Rudy seem to always be in foul trouble and can never buy a call, you know, like it's always the same script. It's, it feels like it's always the same script. So, like, I just don't even really know how to react to these kind of things anymore until, you know, something is different. I, or even sometimes Jaden McDaniels, you know, down the stretch of the year when he was playing, he'd, you know, find himself in foul trouble for no reason, even though he's a way better defender than that. Like, there's always got to be something with this team when it comes to, you know, taking fouls, whether or not they're earned – you know, and uh, I think Chris Finch put it pretty well at the uh, in that Pelicans game 
you know, in game 82, like maturity has been a big issue with this team all year and whether or not that means, you know, they're, you know, hyperactive on defense and getting too aggressive or they, you know, happen to punch a wall that um, Jaden thought wasn't there. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I just really don't know what to say anymore when it comes to this team because it has gotten so tiring on that front. It really has. And partially why I'm blaming the refs for once is that Cat wasn't in foul trouble in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden he gets four fouls. Yep. We're we're playing this, we're playing these this NBA playoff game where it's supposedly the whistles are they're they're lax on the whistles. They let they let the boys play, except Denver got 36 free throws. <laughs> 36 free throws, and guess what? They made uh 32 of them. That's insane. And obviously the Wolves are just with with Rudy shooting free throws, that's just that's just not gonna be it's gonna be hard to win. It's gonna be really hard to win. Even though Rudy was six for nine, that's respect. That's that's pretty much all you can you can't really ask for much more. I got it. I do have to say, with all those foul calls on Cat, though, Chris Finch has got to use that challenge, man. You can't keep that in your pocket, especially elimination game. Cat's always been a guy that doesn't get the greatest whistle, and he also makes his own mistakes on defense. That's true. Yeah. But there was a couple times where, whether it be Michael Porter guarding Cat or Cat guarding Michael Porter or Jeff, anyone, Cat had an offensive foul or defensive foul, but it looked like Porter might've got him with an elbow first. I mean, you got to use it, man. You know, you don't know if something more controversial is going to come up, especially with your star star player in foul trouble within minutes of like halfway through the fourth quarter, he racked up two straight fouls and, and then the whistles just kept, kept coming after that. Oh yeah. I don't even know what to say. I that. That was a valiant effort by the Wolves. That was a valiant game five effort. You could say the last three games of the series, they played very They played as well as they could without Jaden and Nas. And then last game, Kyle Anderson, friendly fire, got slapped in the face by Ant. His eye yeah. couldn't, couldn't make it go. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Pain. So much pain. Well, and you can kind of look at this, the whole thing, you know, holistically too, from the like the end of the regular season on. What, you know, I think probably about 25 other teams, if you put them in the Wolves situation, you already lost your best backup big for the year with a freak injury in a game that you needed to win. Like Nasri got hurt in that Suns game, and we didn't really realize it when we were recording at the time. Um, so you already had that down, but then when you need to win games, you're not showing up at the end of the regular season at times, you're not showing up at every single moment you could, and then you proceed to, um, you know, have teammates swing at each other on the bench in a must win game. After that, the Wolves could have imploded. And they did show some character by not totally imploding. 
And they at least made it <laughs> this far. Imploding just the a thing little is, bit. they could have not even been in the playoffs, but they did. They showed res- they showed enough resolve to at least win one of their two play-in games to make it here. And I think some other teams could have just let that go to their head, you know, let the you know madness overwhelm them and consume them, and you know totally blow up and implode. But they didn't do that to at least the extent that you know they could have. Yeah. So. Fair. They could they could have folded game four. They could have just said, sorry, sorry, fans, like this is it. We're not winning this series. We're not gonna give you a, a home win. They did. They went back to Denver. Denver has a fan had a fantastic home record this year. And they put up an absolute they fought to the trenches. Mm-hmm. Like one I mean, Ant Ant ended up going out of the game, and you could just kind of see things <laughs> kind of, kind of starting to fall from there. He would yeah. he was a pretty he was an even plus minus like on the game, but if you watched it, you knew you needed Anthony Edwards in the game. He's a superstar. I'm happy about that. He he's if he comes into <laughs> if he comes into work next year in shape this time. Cat doesn't get violently sick. Rudy isn't playing overseas, exhausting all of his energy. I I know I know it. The guys aren't going to be together all summer. Obviously, working out together, throwing yeah, throwing each other lobs. Like everyone's got their own life. If Mike can just get the boys together for like a month of this off season to just work on the chemistry. I think there's a slight potential that this could work. And started trying to find Rudy at the end, trying to like get a lob up. Cat was trying to get a lob up. Conley missed a lob. If you get that timing down, mm-hmm. it, it can be dangerous. I thought it would be much easier to get that timing down. <laughs> it is not. Rudy it's is, apparently not that easy. Rudy is such a unique player and he's got such a specific skill set that you have to really work with it. And Mike Conley even said it himself um, when he was in Utah with Rudy. It took him about a year. I remember that first year with Mike Conley, and it was horrendous. And I was like, oh, Mike Conley's washed. He's cooked. There's nothing left in the tank for him. Couple of the, That next year, found a rhythm. Rudy, Donovan, Mike Conley were putting up awesome numbers. That's the optimism for next year. Maybe this isn't as bad as we thought, but <laughs> the, but would it have been nice to get, have let's just let's just get it clear now? Yeah, let's just get it clear. We gave up too much for Ruby. That's just it's it's very clear we did end up giving up too much. But we can salvage something here if we want to. I don't know if we will though. I don't know if the team is serious well, enough to to do. Yeah. I I feel like if we took it to six and maybe even potentially seven, there'd be like, hey, let's like do this, like this. Ah, oh, let's really get this ship together. And really, in hindsight, they don't really have any other option. They sold the farm on Rudy. They gave right. Cat a super max. Ants getting a max. You gotta in. You gotta work with those three players because they're all under contract for many years to come. 
And, uh, well, it's funny, too. I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, go bear. You know, it felt like at points in time in this series, he actually finally kind of showed what the Wolves, you know, were expecting when they traded for him. Like, he's actually, like, you know, when he's not fumbling the ball, you know, and dropping the ball. He's actually catching the ball on alley-oops and throwing the ball down thunderously. He's blocking shots. That guy can catch, I swear to God. (laughs) So, like, he's he has at least, you know, suppressed, I'd imagine, a lot of, like, I don't know if that's even the right word, but, like, it just felt like, you know, he just was not himself for so long this year. And it kind of finally started to come out a little bit, you know, in this series, you know, where like he's actually doing stuff that you'd anticipate Rudy Gobert would do. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a brief time where Rudy, where Kat left the game, Rudy was on Gobert or Rudy was on a uh, jokage, like three straight possessions. He was playing like up to your face defense on Jokic. He denied a he denied an entry pass to Jokic. That's good. That's gonna drive Jokic crazy because he needs he needs the ball. He wants to move it himself, but he if he has to work to get the ball in the first place, that's where that frustration builds. That next defensive possession bodied him up, really put really put it on him, missed missed layup like that. That's. And I was like screaming at the TV at that point. I was like, this is what I want. This is what I was hoping to see all season. <laughs> and he was doing he was doing a good job on, on Jokic. He was doing he, he didn't have the stats this year, but he did a, he did a good job maneuvering the paint with a new team after being with one team for nine years that built around him. Now he has to fit in with us, basically. We have our two guys, Kat. And and cat, I mean, pick your poison. Pick your poison. You're a cat guy. You're not a cat guy. I'm a cat guy. I well, I mean, for, yeah. <laughs> this is a we're very. Both, we say this as we're both wearing Carl Anthony Towns jerseys. So yeah, that's uh, I I love I I love the guy. I I, I have unconditional love for him. I it's so hard for me to just say it's time to pull the plug realistically it might be it just doesn't make any logistical sense whatsoever based on yeah what, what this team looks like right now it's because i mean we're running it back next year i know i, I think can almost guarantee that i think it just i think it just makes logistical sense to do that because you've already spent so much again to get rudy you had you had convinced yourself in doing that that the, that this is what the team was going to look like, you know. This is who you were building around. This is what you know. You had a roster of Ant, Cat, and Rudy that was the focus, you know, and everybody else is like supporting. So I think that makes the most sense to kind of run it back that way. It just will now, you know, we'll just now kind of have to see what the depth looks like, you know. What can Mike Conley give you next year if he returns? What can, um, you know, are they going to re-sign Nas Reed? You that's, know, are they going to have back with a vengeance? So, I want Nas Reed back so bad, but I'm not sure if we we got that type of money. I don't. I, I haven't. I mean, 
cap space in sports. I don't know if it even exists. I don't know how it works. That's something you really have to dive into. It's really fake in the NBA. If you think the NFL cap is fake, it's so much faker in the NBA. (laughs) But I don't think, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if the Wolves have the facilities for that either. Uh, On top of that, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, restricted free agent. I say you bring, that's, that's just a really, really good depth piece. He paid, he plays, he found an identity on defense. If his mm-hmm. shot isn't falling, you can at least rely on him to play like he, he played Jaden type defense, honestly. He's just not the size of he's just not six ten with a seven foot wingspan. <laughs> he was like mm-hmm. attached to the hip. Even on hard screens, he was fighting through it, still getting back to Murray most of the time. Like he was putting up he, he's putting up a, a really, really great performance. I don't know what his contract is gonna look like. I mean, he can yeah. use this series as leverage, so we might not even be able to afford him either. I mean, we do have his restricted free agent rights, so we can pretty much match anything. Correct. Like what's what's too much? What's too little? Like a team like the Clippers could probably really use a a nah. A Lakers could use a nah if they have the cap space. Like a lot of these contenders would really enjoy that type of piece on their team. Yeah, three and D that can actually play defense. Like, it's kind of a commodity apparently now. It's become a commodity again. So, this we'll is, see. This has truly been uh, – we've seen a lot of weird Wolves teams in our lives. We have seen – nearly every Wolves team in history has been weird. Even the 4 team, I, you can even say, say the 4 team because – Sam, Sam Cassell hurt himself doing the big balls the, dance. The big balls dance. Exactly. But this might this might take the cake. Good, playing two bigs in an NBA that doesn't really do bigs as much anymore. Going against the grain, Cat gets like Cat's sick, Rudy Eurobasket, and out of shape. Cat hurt. Torian Prince hurt. Figure it out from there. Cat comes back. Anthony Edwards has been playing all season, falling everywhere, hurting back, hip, mm-hmm. shoulder, and he put it all on the line. Nas, freak injury, Jaden, punch wall. Punch from Kyle, or punch from Rudy Gobert. Like, there's been so much. Kyle Anderson jabbed in eye by teammate accidentally. Yep. I mean, it just, it really just piled up. And and like and, and like you said, it's actually pretty admirable that uh, the Wolves were able to fight through all of this adversity to have a forty-two and forty record, which is one of the best seasons you and me have ever witnessed in Wolves history. Because I'm not. <laughs> when you think about it, because I mean, when you think I, about it, yeah. I was what I was seven in. I no, I was six because it had been like. April 04. I was six years old, so I don't remember much when I was six. I remember crying a lot, not because I was watching sports, just crying in general. I didn't get into sports until I was like 10. Yep. So I haven't witnessed yep. a Wolves season that's really been like successful besides, besides last year when we were the underdogs pretty much all year and we made a run. Memphis six game. That was pretty much the only successful season I have ever seen with the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. 
you have they have so many excuses this year they and use them go ahead and use them because i'll use them as well i'm not going to hold that against them when you when you have when you're running two bigs that's in a, against the grain in the nba that's going to take time and i didn't realize that at the time but despite that despite that there is a parallel universe out there somewhere where <laughs> this team wins like four more games that it should have and um like there is no uh need for Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert to throw at each other on the bench so Jaden doesn't break his wrist like there's a parallel universe out there somewhere where none of that happens and we end up with the five seed and get uh lose and to the then Suns I guess five. get destroyed by the Phoenix Suns I yeah. guess but <laughs> hey you know what that still would have been fun that's the yeah that still would have been fun hey if Jaden, we saw what Jaden was doing on Kevin Durant. I mean, you can only do so much against Kevin Kevin Durant. It'd be like what we saw with Jamal Murray times three, but it would have been closer. It would have been closer than I think people would have thought. Potentially six, probably probably not seven. Honestly, if if you've watched the Suns, if you've watched like Kevin Durant hasn't even had like the best playoffs. Devin Booker is on another level right now, so. Yeah, he You're also got to deal with that. I mean, the the Suns have way too many weapons. Either way, you can hang your head high on a five seed after, you know, dealing with cat injuries and in that alternate universe where Jaden doesn't break his hand. They actually win those couple games against yep. in San Antonio, Charlotte. <laughs> That's all it took. That's all it would have taken, man. I'm sorry for now I raising can't even my look. voice so early in the morning, but like that's literally all it would have taken. For now we, a different fate. We don't even have a draft pick to look forward to either. We have our three seconds from the Mike Conley trade, but yeah, I, I guess I guess what we can look forward to, you know, next year, um, Josh Minot. If if he doesn't get any run next year, I'm going to be absolutely furious. That guy could be. Let's say let's say disaster strikes next year. Maybe maybe the same thing with a cat injury, Rudy injury, or it just doesn't work. You you end up having to ship both to recoup all draft picks or most draft picks. Who's gonna be at the who's gonna be at the four? We don't know, but I want Josh Minot. That guy he plays with so much. He's the he's Jared Vanderbilt, but so much better. But with a much higher. Okay doing much that's probably a good comparison he's got a he's got a three-point shot so i don't know i'd like to see him on the floor a lot more i I honestly would have rather seen him out there than nathan knight just get him on the floor (laughs) that's what i was thinking too yeah i thought they were gonna bring him in at the end of the game just for that length but oh well yeah oh hey there's always next year right <laughs> Don't we know it? Yep. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts on this Wolves team? I mean, it's been just a hell of a ride, and by hell, I mean in the in the best and worst of ways. Correct. In the actual best and worst of ways. I mean, if if anything, you know, as we've said, I think we did learn a lot about the resolve of this team the resolve of Anthony Edwards as an individual. But I think for the moment, though, 
uh, on Anthony Edwards. He needs to rest and rest and rest and rest for the time being because <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of physical toll that he took this season, especially with how much pride he has about playing in every game that he can. He needs to find some time and just, you know, let his body rest. <laughs> For goodness sake, please. <laughs> please, dude, just I take a take a week. Please do not do any basketball activities. Don't do anything. Just uh just take a week, two, three, like you don't really need to, you know like work on you know anything right now until like uh you know maybe the draft lottery like just give yourself a good like three weeks or a month at this point yeah if you want to see something edwards to improve on next year to really take another step what do you want to see i think he's gotta you know continue to evolve as a defender You know, I think that's when I think people will start to take him more seriously because, you know, I think he's doing a lot, you know, to up his offensive game. He's one of the best finishers in the league when he's on. But, you know, that jump shot's going to continue to come. I just think he needs to up that defensive ability. And it's not like he's bad on defense. He's good. But he needs to, I think, become way more of a two-way player to uh, really gain that respect um you know among people around the league you know continue to do that because it's not again it's not like people aren't respecting it right now i think becoming a little more you know capable maybe on defense to make up for these like you know hey we don't have um jane mcdaniels here let's just have you guard their best player you know we can at least have that a little bit better you know i don't know it's just hard to say you know in that sense i'm not trying to diss him by saying he's bad or anything but it's like hey he's already good he just i think he can get a little bit better he's he's got the highlight defensive plays he's a good on-ball defender but you just see those lapses on the off-ball defense that happened a couple times actually last night where he, he took his took his eyes off the prize and backdoor cut they got an easy whether it be jamal murray you know anyone on the nuggets they got bruce brown had a great series they get they get they can get easy buckets off of defensive lapses like that so yeah just i mean just staying more locked in and the guy <laughs> the guy's 21 and he's right what 21 year old has been completely 1000 percent know what they're doing and locked in at the same exact time Michael right. Jordan, it took a hot minute for Michael Jordan to get out of the first round. It took a while, or it didn't take a it took a while for LeBron to win his first ring. I don't know. There's there's still the you can't deny that Anthony Edwards still has some time here to grow and develop. I think if he adds a mid-range, like a consistent mid-range game, just being able to score on all three levels would make it such a dangerous, even more dangerous option than he already is. If you can just, if you can get that first three quick steps, go between the legs, step back jumper, or just, Mm -hmm. or just a Kawhi type of thing where you just size them up and then just pull it over them. 
He did that. He actually did that last night. He, he held the ball for a little too long for my liking, but he was just sitting there at the free throw line, deciding what he's doing, pulls the jumper, mm-hmm. and just nails it with a defender in his face. That's Yeah, he certainly he can, can do that. that, too. That's another thing I'd like to see more of, too, right? Just become that three-level offensive scoring type of player, yeah. It'll certainly help, but, yeah, I yeah. agree. I And, I mean, for Cat, I mean, just hold it together, stay consistent. Um, Yeah, <laughs> do what you did on defense every game next year, or at least, or at the very least, do what you did in all the games in the playoffs once you, once you get there. Yeah. That, that, that's what I want to see from Cat. Um, I want Nas back, man. I want him back so bad. Oh, think, please. Bring I, him back. Please I, I, bring I, him back. Let's just, I don't know, Connolly's going to have to pull some magic here because I'm sure he's going to get some, like, starting role offers. But you got to be like, you are this like you are the six man of all six men. Like you are the Manu Ginobili. You are the weapon that gets that wins us games off the bench. Hopefully we can make that happen. I maybe the injury decline, you know, maybe the injury is good for whatever he's gonna get offered because teams may be like I don't know the Many teams in the league aren't watching the Minnesota Timberwolves. So just not having Nas on the floor for a month may loosen that loosen that need for other teams, but it may make it a million or two cheaper on us. But I don't know. Can we afford it? That's something I have no we'll have to see. About. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yep. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break here. I'm gonna shed a couple tears in the meantime. I missed I miss I hate this team, but I miss this team already. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some Vikes draft, a little bit of wild talk. And if we got time for a little bit of twins, we'll discuss that as well, along with Minnesota random athlete. All right, then welcome back, folks. Actually, I'm not done talking about the Timberwolves yet because I'm addicted to them. However, something happened <laughs> the other day and I couldn't believe it. Isaac, I, I texted you about it. You, I think you saw my tweet as well. Yep. Uh, two days ago, I pull up my Instagram. I see Jim Pete Hoops followed me, and I was like, "Holy cow! This is awesome. This is this could be big. This is sick. This is like I'm geeking out." But great day, great day is about to happen. I'm like, sweet, click, and I look at it a little more. I'm like, at Jim Pete Hoops. There's two S's at the end of Hoops. Oh. <laughs> It's a fake account. Who makes a Jim Pete parody account? Who makes a Jim Pete burner? What? Do, what? That that was the biggest. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can understand. Year twenty twenty three. In the year twenty twenty, I can understand met like many types of burner accounts for like different athletes or personalities, TV personalities, celebrities, whatever. The Timberwolves color commentator? Come on. I thought I thought <laughs> everything was awesome. So I'm I'm sitting here just like undeniably frustrated. Te- like text all the group chats. 
throw out a very angered, angered tweet that this one funny guy that thought it was just going to be, or maybe it was a bot, I don't know, but so, someone funny <laughs> thought it would be okay to really get my hopes up in a, in a Timberwolves playoffs where my hopes were not, were, were sinking quite fast. Send out an angry tweet, and the, all of a sudden I look at my phone last night or yesterday during the day, and I see another Jim Pete Hoops <laughs> follow, follow me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. If this is if this is another joke, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> like on the name, it's it's the actual Jim Pete. Shout shout out Jim Pete, by the way. <laughs> Great season with Michael Grady. Shot me a follow on Instagram. Like that's that that's that's way too cool, by the way. So Jim, here's yeah. the Jim, here's the official offer. Hop on the pod. We we'd love to have you on. Talk hoops. All I've ever wanted to do is like talk hoops with a real like hoops guy. Cause I like, I feel like I know plenty about the game, but I don't know the X's and O's enough. And I just like, I want to bounce off that like information or just absorb that. Like if I could, if if I could purchase like a, a, a one day or one weekend, like film room session with Jim Peterson and just talk about this team, I would pay $1,000 for that. Not 500, 1000. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money, but I can I can make up for it in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. I just haven't figured that out yet. I just think too it would be nice, just because I mean, like the dude has lived a long basketball life, you know, and he's also actually coached too, like for the Lynx, yeah, you know, on their championship teams. So yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome to just kind of like get that type of knowledge seeped in somehow. You know, it, that I mean, a, apart from what he does on broadcasts, his work on broadcasts is impeccable, like always top notch, like, you know, in the moment analysis. So that that's uh, that's all I could ask for. So thank you again, Jim Pete. I hope to have you on the on the pod. Uh, we hope to have you on the pod. That would be nothing but nothing but good times. I promise. I promise. I'll uh, yeah, let's just make it happen. Uh, but anyways, some some people's favorite time of the year. It used to be my favorite time of the year because the Vikings and Wolves usually are were really bad at the same time. It's draft season. I used to sit in the back of all my high school classes with a with a buddy or two. We'd pull up on our Chromebooks, just pull up YouTube, every single prospect that was on, on not only the Vikings radar but even our our radar too. We just sit during class just locked in on our uh, on this on this chromebook just ripping through highlight tapes and obviously you know they're highlight tapes so it's the best of the best place so you got to look for the little details because you don't really have game tape at your disposal but now that the wolves are like good the vikings have had like late draft picks recently it's just kind of you know falling off for me and especially when you're not like a quarterback you really get into the draft when you need a quarterback you know you really like yeah you really just dissect every single little thing. Uh, but the I guess uh, in hindsight, the Vikings do and have been rumored to be kind of sort of a part of that quarterback, you know, scouting. Um, yeah, do you see us even drafting like a, a Hendon Hooker or trading up for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? 
I don't think so. I think it's a we don't have a second round pick, so it's like no, yeah. Do you? I think if they do that, they. <laughs> yeah, I think if they, you know, I, I get wanting to find your quarterback of the future, but doing it at the expense of like there are still some huge needs that you could fill, you know, in this first round. But I wouldn't be surprised if two things happen. I don't think they're staying. I, I think the Vikings are notoriously. Um, you know, known for moving at some way in some way in the draft. I don't think they're staying where they are. I think they're either trading up, unfortunately, for like a you know quarterback, where like you know you'll be kind of competing in like that Will Levis you know territory. I don't think they're drafting Hendon Hooker straight up. I don't. I'm. I hope that they don't at least. So it's either they're trading up, you know, trying to get into like the top ten using like next year's first round pick or something as ammo and, or I could see them trading back and acquiring more mid round picks and maybe even falling out of the first round entirely. But who's to say like, who's got the amount of draft capital that'd be necessary for, you know, that's, the Vikings. That's, Cause I mean, like they could certainly that's, benefit that's where, from a that's, lot of these players in this draft. And that's where I'm kind of sitting at too. Like, you know, if we had like our second round pick, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I can see us trading up for, you know, to reach for a quarterback or if we didn't have the needs we have on the interior defensive line. I think Zadarius Smith is still with us. <laughs> He's technically, I'm pretty sure, still with us. So the edges should be covered, but we still need interior defensive line, secondary linebackers. There's it, the needs are endless on defense. Um. I do trust, like, because I'm sure Brian Flores is going to be very much a part of this draft process. I'm glad we hired him kind of right off the bat so we could get to work on that. I think whoever, I, I trust whoever Brian Flores basically wants. Uh, I also saw that we were rumored to do, to potentially take a wide receiver. So, like, uh, yep. Jordan, Adder, Jordan Addison, uh, Quinton Johnson, Zay Flowers. Yep. I, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> like, we just have how bad do you want the defense to be like that's kind of where i <laughs> that's kind of where i'm at the only wide receiver that i would be okay with taking is jackson smith and jigba obviously that's not going to happen he's going to go much but i was going to go much earlier than 23 correct um i do like what i've seen from quentin johnson especially in that michigan game uh, michigan college football playoff um jordan addison you know Another USC wide receiver could be could be something could be could be just a who's that Drake London like yep Drake London's talented though I do like him um or yeah Zay Flowers just a little you know smaller guy gadget guy run Zay runs great routes but I also saw that uh, we potentially could take a defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh Kalijah Cansey yep. Heard he's uh under I heard he's an undersized uh Pittsburgh defensive tackle. Yeah, who would have thought <laughs> that they uh had another one after uh, Aaron Donald? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing at home, it's Aaron Donald. Uh there there's been a there's been loose comparisons to Aaron Donald. And any loose, even a loose comparison is like, all right, well. I remember, I remember the Aaron Donald draft. They were saying the same exact things about Aaron Donald. We took Anthony Barr instead. All of a sudden, uh, we could definitely use Aaron Donald. 
<laughs> so yeah, Aaron, well, Aaron Donald turned out to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony Barr was just a multiple time Pro Bowler at his peak. So yeah, who still got ended up getting injured, but it's probably just yeah. the, it's probably just the FOMO of Aaron Donald that I don't want to miss out on, like a potentially another undersized Pittsburgh defensive tackle that ends up a Hall of Famer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea where the Vikings are going to go. I really I, there's no. Usually there's like some like the Justin Jefferson year, pretty obvious. Choice. Yeah, you need it. Like yeah, some years you it was obvious you need receiver. This year, it's weird because they're getting mocked receivers, you know, and there are good receivers in this draft available, especially after the consensus best one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen I've seen anybody from like yeah him. Uh, the guy from Pitt, you know, or Joey Porter Jr., you know, being uh, mocked to the Vikings, you know, potentially being available there at 23. So, which, again, cornerback, I would not mind considering the state of the roster in the current day and the state of the roster, you know, for the future. You know, I, I think you just need more people in that room you know, at the moment, because I mean, right now you got Byron Murphy and you have the picks from last year that unfortunately couldn't play much. So you need to figure that kind of position out one way or another in the draft. I'm excited. So, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly excited for it. I, so the draft is always just like a really exciting time for me. I've just such fond memories of uh especially the uh the teddy draft uh, i don't think i put more time into a draft in my life than that than that teddy draft i was all the way in on all those quarterbacks and it was watching the same like tapes over and over johnny manzel especially right yeah, Johnny like Manzel. I was I was a Blake Bortles guy actually. I oh was, really I, I was a I was sold beyond belief on Blake Bortles <laughs> But I I figured he wouldn't be in the Vikings range, so I Teddy was my second guy. Okay, um, I remember being so disappointed that the <laughs> that they took Anthony Barr instead of uh, Johnny Manziel. I'll never. That's where I was at at that stage. <laughs> if you if you if you had a draft, I had a draft party with some with some buddies, and everyone was screaming, "Take Manziel!" Didn't take him, and then every. Like two picks later, everyone else, uh, everyone besides me, and my best friend, like left, and then we just stayed because we, for some reason, we were just like, I think something else might happen here. Boom, thirty second. We just wrapped up the draft. Thirty second pick, Seahawks. Yep. All of a sudden, it says like the pick is in, and then it said, and then it changed to on the clock. And I was like, Mitch, 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 Mitch. That that doesn't happen normally. It's either a massive graphics error or something just happened. Boom, Vikings on the clock. Teddy. That was actually honest as Minnesota sports is so sad. I would say that's like a top 10 Minnesota sports moment in my life. (laughs) Yeah, they like actually trading back into the first round to take a quarterback after again, you know, in my, you know, like, you know, whatever my draft mind was at the time like yeah they literally passed on johnny manzel twice what is going on you know (laughs) but then it turned out to you know they technically made the better pick um 
just of course they couldn't get the right circumstances or the right, you know, conditions on that practice field in August yeah, 2016. Whatever happened. Well, one of the uh, and that that's also that day was also like probably a top 10 at least worst sports moment in my life. Easily. Not even close. It's on it's on the list. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the with the draft. I mean, yeah. If if the cornerbacks, you know, some of those cornerbacks start to fall, grab one of them. We need it. So <laughs> there's I mean, yeah, there's still a lot that you can do at any position here. I I mean I'm not even gonna can I'm not even gonna say that they need like an edge, but there's also a lot of good edge rushers in this class too. Like, I mean, I you know, you have to think defensive maybe, player available. At the, yeah, at I think BPA defensive player, you know, would make sense. Either the bet like the best defensive player, or if it makes sense, take you know if if there's a receiver that you really like, I wouldn't mind it either at this point because. I mean, at the end of the day, it is an offensive league that we're in right now. You know, the more weapons you have, the better it is for you. And, uh, I mean, you already lost Adam Thielen. I think it would, you know, maybe behoove you to have a third, like an actual now trusted third guy behind, uh, you know, JJ and KJ at the receivers and TJ at tight end. So, I don't know. If if it makes sense, go for it. I, but uh, yeah, I think still the defensive side of the ball is where you want to see the most investment. Yeah. It just makes sense after the season that has been had and the prior seasons that have been had with the huge downfall of the Vikings defense from what we once knew it to be. Like 2017, you thought it could never get better. And you thought maybe it could still get better, you know, but still like they didn't draft enough quality people after that 2017 season. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. Hopefully they can. I'm not sure. Like I said, I have no idea what's going to happen. If the if the cards are played right. I'm a, I'm a hype guy too. So if the cards are played right and we do end up trading up for an Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, I'm going to be, I'm going to get right. really excited, irrationally excited even though I know the guy's not going to play all next year. Right. But it'll open up so much flexibility when the Vikings inevitably have to pay Justin Jefferson like $30 million a year. Yeah. You <laughs> know, the bag, man. He's going to get like quarterback so. money. Deservingly so. Um, but we'll move on. Um, get a little Minnesota wild talk in. More just painful playoffs um, for Minnesota. It's sport. not over, but it's, it's feeling over. over. It's feeling and, over. And the and the best part about hockey is you can lose four to nothing and bounce back and win the next game very easily. That's how you that's win how the next hockey. two. That's the thing. But yeah, game sevens on the road have mixed history um, in wild history, at least. You know, they to be fair, I actually I shouldn't say mixed. They technically have favorable history in road game sevens, but. That's what it's going to need to take if they're going to get past the Dallas Stars at this point. And uh, just from what I've been, I have unfortunately not been able to watch like any actual minutes of this series, but I've been paying close attention to fan reaction and like, you know, flows of the game online. And like, apparently the Wild have the worst penalty kill like in human history at the moment. 
Like they cannot yeah. kill off the penalty without giving up a goal. Um, so if they just uh, stop doing that and play more five on five, maybe they'll be better off. But yeah, it's um, it's a tough scene to look at right now, considering how. Again, I think the last time we had a recording, the Wild were in first place, and then they lose some games down the stretch to lose that title, and yep. then they end up not even getting home ice for a, for a first-round series. And, um, you know, again, they've looked good at times in this series against the Stars. You know, they won game one in overtime, a double overtime game. It was the longest game in franchise history, and then – you get a win at home to go up 2-1, but now you're going to need to win game six here uh, Friday night back at the XL Center. Yep. Ideally, you don't get a five-minute major penalty within the first minute of the game and then give up it a goal. It also helps. Eight, yeah, and then not give up a goal within eight seconds of that major penalty. Uh, I did see Kirill Kaprizov. Like, I, like you said, I haven't been able to – I've been just following fan reaction and some of the, you know, Michael Russo on Twitter. Uh, my dear friend, Alexis Pearson, has always got fire wild tweets. Shout out <laughs> Alexis. I got to see her this weekend. Uh, but I saw that Kirill has no even strength points in this series. His lone point wow. in the series was with 48 seconds left uh, in the first period of game one. He's gone 293 minutes and eight seconds without a point. 14 consecutive periods without a point plus 12 minutes and 20 seconds of the second overtime of game one. Shout out Michael Russo for hmm. supplying my fake hockey knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't like, and like I said, I'm not the, I'm, I'm all more so basketball than anything. I'm not sure if they're like throwing like, you know, double teams at them. This is why we need a hockey expert. We need to bring on like our <laughs> coworker Jake or an Alexis on to, to tell me I'm being stupid. Um, but obviously, Kirill's getting played harder than, you know, most NHL players. He's that kind of guy that uh, d- draws extra attention. Well, and- it's, such a, it's such a juxtaposition from what the Wild were involved with last year. You know, if you remember when they were in the playoffs last year, they couldn't have anybody other than Kaprizov, you know, do anything yeah. when they bowed out. So, I mean, that was against the St. Louis Blues. So, and it's a lot harder, I will say, to like just throw double teams at somebody just because <laughs> the I, the playing surface is much wider um, in hockey than it is in uh, basketball. So, I mean, I'd say. I mean, so. <laughs> You, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I think it's probably just like they're kind of sticking to them a lot easier or something. I, it's just hard to say, you know. Again, without being a you know hockey like great hockey mind, you know, and of course not watching any of the game actual uh, you know content. It's just uh, I mean, it it just is a full on like the wild must win this uh, game six <laughs> at this point and uh, maybe just let fate, you know, put you uh, in the hands of game seven, basically, you know, again, like this franchise, technically that's where you want them a road game seven, which is so weird to say. Cause like they did have 
two road game seven wins in 2003 when they made the Western Conference Finals and like their third year of existence. And then they had that uh, road game seven win in 2014 against the Avs. Yep. Um, the Nino Niederreiter game seven goal. So, yeah, I mean, it, but I, I still think that this team is very talented. You know, you find that, you know, Kirill Kaprizov missed some time at the end of the regular season, but you still have guys like Matt Boley step up right. the way that they have. And, uh, you know, like some other people coming into form as well. You know, you get uh, Brock Faber coming off the U of M, you know, straight yeah. from college basically <laughs> and having some big moments, especially in that game one where he saved the game, just getting a stick in the way. You know, you, you have at least, you know, that type of moment and you have some hope then you know for the future but still you want to obviously win as much as you can while you have a talent like Kaprizov you know on your roster and I think they did uh I remember they I feel like they did lock I feel like they did lock him up a while ago it's just like you need to figure something out though you got to figure out how to play more discipline. It's basically like we're talking about the Wolves again. You know, t- like play more disciplined, stop taking dumb penalties, and um, so that you can avoid your awful PK um, and uh, just put yourself in a way better position to win where you don't have to feel like you are, you know, have, having to dig up from the hole that you've dug for yourself. You can't help yourself if you're not helping yourself. And that's uh, what both the Wolves and Wild have uh, have done to themselves this series. Um, like like you said, dumb penalties on top of that. I mean, you're giving up four goals, three goals, one goal, seven goals, and then two goals. The, the goaltending has also been very spotty, but you can also attest some of that to the dumb penalties and the horrendous penalty kill that we hit, we're putting out on the ice. Um, well, Marc-Andre Fleury also just self-imploded in game two. Couldn't make a save, so that, yeah. Um, luckily, After Philip Gustafson played really well in game one, they send Marc-Andre Fleury out to basically die. <laughs> just yeah call it call it a career yeah i mean it's just one i'm like i said i'm not a hockey guy but i'm a sports guy and what i do know about sports is that if you can gain a little momentum you can carry that into multiple games dallas has the momentum right now but it's going back to minnesota so you got that crowd energy you got to feed off it you got to keep the crowd in the game you can't take, like I said, a five-minute major within a minute because that's going to take the crowd out of the game and then let up a goal eight seconds later. Luckily, at least the Wild have very smart fans that know how to incite their team. Yeah. Like, you, you will never go five minutes without a let's go Wild chance at a playoff game at XL. So, I mean, like, they're always going to make sure their players are engaged. So... Fair enough. Theoretically, theoretically. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. I'll be. I'll. Since the wolves are out, I have no other choice but to watch the wild here. So I'll be locked into the next, uh, hopefully, two games and more. Um, now I guess we have a little bit of time here. Uh, the Twins beat the Yankees last night, <laughs> and they have won the season series against them for the first time 
since we were like four years old. <laughs> Let's go. So this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. It <laughs> never happens. We we won the season series. We got a three game lead on Cleveland. Let's uh let's hold the fort. This is this could be this could be uh the opposite of last year because I you know with uh with my with uh Flan my old my old co-host my first co-host um we were going through the twins and uh we had a what a, I can't remember what the lead was but it was about like June we had a solid lead on the on the Guardians yep and we were just like don't implode just that's your only job this 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 division is easily winnable all mm-hmm. you have to do is not implode and that's exactly what what they did now that we won yep. the season series versus the yankees this this could be the the opposite we could get a gain we could gain the lead and then just not implode but this is also minnesota sports so it's only a matter of time before byron buxton goes headfirst into another center field wall or well luckily they have been saving buxton this year they've pretty much exclusively been dhing him that's, that's so like if uh i mean we do I have enough you can't I... crash into an outfield wall if you're not there to begin with right um and we do have enough prospects on the come up here to be able to yeah kind of let that happen so right I mean, well, just like in, in terms of just prospects throughout the lineup, too, I think that's what's most important. Like, you know, the young guys like Edward Julian, you know, yes. having your first two hits of your major league career at Yankee Stadium in the same inning, and one of them's a home run, is this really cool trivia, first and foremost. But it's just also like genuinely cool to like to, you know, have that type of moment, you know already you know in this season and then you have um sunny gray turning into a early season cy young contender if you just have his april starts and nothing else he says an era sub one and uh for those that uh don't know what that means he's really good he's not allowing anybody to score off him so like yeah it is uh it's very encouraging yeah like the pitching has been much improved just the hitting unfortunately needs to be a lot more consistent you know we haven't seen as much of the big moments as as i think you alluded to from like byron buxton or carlos correa they have not necessarily come into their own yet as hitters but it is still april and the twins have above 500 record which I think you can ask, I think that's all you can ask for that's, because that's... so because what I've noticed throughout the years, if April stinks, the twins are gonna stink. If April is good, they're at least gonna be in the running later in the year. But you just could not let April get away from you, and so far, they have not done that. So that's where you can feel a little bit better about this team at the moment. Yep. Just gotta, just gotta. Although I guess to be fair, they also started last year pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then the calendar hit August. Literally, just hold the fort went bad. Down. So yeah, hold the fort down. The pitching is nice, but I'm not gonna expect it to continue because this is Twins pitching. There's still not like one guy where you. I'm confident enough to say 
yep, we're winning this game if this guy's on the bump, or there's at least a very high chance of us winning this game with, you know, Joe my Joe Ryan on the bump, Kent Maeda, any of these guys. Yeah, but uh, again, you got to be really in- encouraged though by what you're seeing from Sonny Gray and Half. right and, uh, and and Joey Gallo. I remember, yes. uh, you know, Joey when we Gallo. talked about Joey Gallo a while ago, it's like, uh, well, what are we gonna get from him? Are we gonna get like, yep. you know, a one sixty batting average, but <laughs> forty home runs? He's not hitting terribly, and he's also actually hitting the cover off the ball. You know, he hit a four hundred twenty foot homer into the upper deck in right center field, nice. uh, not long ago against the Yankees, and um. He immediately goes back to the dugout and a Yankee fan just chirps him like, hey, why couldn't you do that in New York? And like a big, thick New York accent, too, that the uh, Yes broadcast, the Yankees broadcast picked up. <laughs> and the commentators just start cracking up actually over it. That's amazing. So, I'll have to look up that, that clip. Like, Why couldn't you do that in New York? Hey, Joey, like, what are you doing? Could have done that the extent before. of what was said there. So, yeah, I apologize to all New Yorkers for my horrendous accent. (laughs) I mean, we both gave it valiant efforts. We both tried. (laughs) All right. We got about seven minutes uh, left here on the Zoom, Isaac. So let's uh, do a rapid fire Minnesota random athlete since draft season. Um, I'm sticking with one of my few and favorite Minnesota cornerbacks to ever go through the Vikings room. <laughs> Very few cornerbacks I've ever liked, but uh, Cedric Griffin from those uh, mid to late 2000s. I mean, he wasn't like fantastic by any means. He's just pretty darn solid. He just wasn't Chris Cook, basically. <laughs> and I was really pleased with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> solid, solid guy. Oh, oh, he's, he was kind of like the E.J. Henderson of cornerbacks. Did nothing spectacular. Just was yeah. pretty, pretty solid. Just nothing. I didn't really have too many complaints. Obviously, when you're a corner, you're going to get burned here and there. But overall, just pleased with his career. You know, uh, six good ye- six years with Minnesota. Did, did his thing. Did his thing. I don't know. Yeah. That's, nothing uh, wrong with the- that. I, I, was, I was a big Cedric Griffin guy back in the day. Yeah, like I said, he wasn't Chris Cook or Josh Robinson. Yep. Mike oh man, Chris or... Cook's another good name. Yeah, that's that's one I don't like to remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? My uh, my random Minnesota athlete was kind of in the same light, but from a different era. My uh, Minnesota athlete is Jimmy Hitchcock. Whoa. Quarterback on the 1998 and 99 Vikings. Whoa. Jimmy Hitchcock. I'll have you know, it's interesting. They brought him in as a free agent before the 98 season. He had played in New England for a few years, but immediately comes to Minnesota and has seven interceptions in 1998 and three pick sixes, which led That's the league. So, um, so people talk about Randy Moss, Chris Carter, but uh, Jimmy Hitchcock, man. Seven Jimmy Hitchcock was holding it down on the defensive side of the ball that year, too. Like, that's what kind of – that's what helped the, you know, 98 Vikings ascend from, like, being a playoff team the year before to the defense, you know, kind of elevating them up here. They had had, like, John Randall, you know, being a sack guy. So they bring Hitchcock in 
to finally feel like they have, you know, the secondary kind of held down, you could say. So he'd only had four interceptions in his career before joining the Vikings. Joins them, gets seven interceptions year one. And, uh, you know, they bring him back only two picks in year two. I think he had a few dropped interceptions, I want to say, in 99. But then they choose not to bring him back um, for any years after the fact. And probably because they had spent some draft picks on uh, corners that, um, you know, those next couple drafts. But still interesting, though, to look back like, hey, this guy, you know, was maybe an underappreciated piece of what made the 98 Vikings go. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of what I got. Maybe it's like, we're saying the Vikings should draft a defensive back on Thursday. <laughs> one, one could, uh, one could run with that assumption. I'm not, uh, so. I don't, I don't really need a quarterback in the first round when we have no draft picks. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, big, 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 big days. Big days coming up. Uh, unfortunately, and big the- days already as well for Viking fans. No longer finally having to deal with Aaron Rodgers in their division. Facts, facts. Best day ever. <laughs> if Jordan, I swear to God, if Jordan Love ends, ends up a Hall of Fame quarterback, I might just call my football fandom and just say <laughs> I, I give up. This is <laughs> I, I totally give up. Um, but yeah, I suppose you know if the Wild end up losing, you know, and the Wolves are out. We'll be, we'll be probably going pretty heavy. We'll try to go, you know, get more twins in there, um, get more Vikings in there. But also just talking about the rest of the playoffs, whether it be, you know, NBA or NHL, just showing what we know. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll sure. be locked. I'll be locked in. Until Absolutely. They, until they stop playing games at 9 p.m. I want to watch. That's the another Warriors. thing that I don't like. Yeah. I want to well. watch the Warriors and Kings so bad, but. I, I'm running on six hours of sleep and I also enjoy sleep. So how about maybe just don't put central time, you know, games starting at eight 30 anymore. How yeah. about that? Like eight 30 local time for, for games played in the central time zone. How about let's not do that anymore. Let's, let's, I thought we were past this. Well, well, how about the, if they move us to the Eastern conference, then I highly doubt that would happen. Correct. That's yeah. East Coast gets such preferential treatment. Yep. Yeah. Central time does not match up with uh, Mountain and West Coast time. NBA, NHL, please take notice. This is not fun for any of us. Even for wild games, like home games that start at eight thirty, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. I it, thought we were past this. Expand the NBA. Bring in Seattle, bring in Las Vegas, and please, for the love of God, send the Wolves to the East already. I don't want to. I don't want to see this anymore. I, I'm staying up way too late. <laughs> I'm getting too old for uh. that. <laughs> All right, but that'll wrap up another spunktacular, uh, well, depressing uh, episode of Spunk Lake Sports. Uh, go Wolves! I miss them already. Go Wild! Finish the job. Come back, win the series. Twins, please don't implode. Vikings, just do the right thing. <laughs> Whatever that right thing is, do it. Yeah. All right, we'll catch you guys here uh, next week. But thanks again for listening to Spunk Lake Sports. Mm-hmm.